This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, coming up on today's podcast, we got a little SEMA talk for you. We're going to follow up with a bunch of things that are going to be happening and who we may be talking to and what we're going to get to. You got to make sure you subscribe to, to hear those updates and the upcoming events. Um, we got a couple of things about some new EVs coming to the U.S. that normally would not be built in the U.S., but they're coming here. And to accommodate that, they have to uh, buy a little bit of property to do that. Um, GM is not just a automotive manufacturer anymore. Uh, they are very smart at what they are doing and trying to achieve. You're going to hear some of that today. We want to talk about some of the higher-end electric vehicles that are coming our Woo-hoo! way, and you'd be surprised at the cost. Good. And who they Hang are. On a second. Um, just... A couple of recalls to talk about today. Um, and... U-Haul has a new friend, and we told you so. All that coming up right after this. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. Welcome to the Counter Show. This is episode one thirty one. Keith and I are excited to be here today. Uh, how are you doing, everybody? I don't know why. I just I felt it today. What's up, everybody? You know what? How you doing, Jay? Oof, I'm great. And Sanford Sun was that was like one of my all time favorite man. shows, man. Uh, and Red Red Fox was great. Such man. a an iconic theme song. Theme songs, man. Yeah. Theme songs could they? make uh they were half the marketing. I will not lie to you, when you when you started playing that, I totally went back to another place. I, yeah. yeah. It does that to you, yeah. man. I felt like I was sitting in my grandparents' living room with them after dinner watching Sanford and Son. Loved it. Chuckles all night long. Yeah, man. My grandmother had she had the best laugh too. So it was it was fun to just listen to her laugh. So but anyway, um, wow, man, just we we've got a pack packed full of information uh today on this show. Um and uh, not only that, we have a packed full SEMA show uh that is coming up that Keith and I will be covering. Did I mention this is episode one thirty one? I think I did the beginning of this. Yes, man, I tell you what, we are we have we're really coming along with um uh keeping you guys uh, on the forefront of automotive technology and technology period. And you can't do that just to two episodes. You got to keep going. And to keep going, we need your help. Um guys, make sure you get on over to uh, partskindaguru.com and there you will find our podcast links, you will find a YouTube link. Um, you can find all our social links. You can find an Amazon link, which you can purchase product through, which will help us 
uh, if you buy through our website. Uh, a little bit of that helps us out. But most importantly, we've got a new merch store up on our website as yeah, well as... Yeah, baby! <laughs> absolutely, man. And on our YouTube channel. So make sure you go buy some hats, and we got some new stuff going to be coming down the pike. So just be patient with us. We just launched it. Um, that will definitely help us get through this um, and keep doing what we And the we hats like are really do. cool. Like, they're really they cool. They are. They are yeah. very much very cool. Uh, love those We're love working those on some design-your-own stuff. So we're going to make it so that you can use our logo mm-hmm. on... A wide variety. I, you know, as soon as I started, as soon as my mouth opened, I, I went to like, where are people going to try to use this that we don't want them to use it? But, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if you wanted to print a coffee mug or you know, uh, uh, coasters, uh, we've got a we've got a couple options there that we're working through. Stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, you can definitely go to our our store which the easiest way to do that is to go to our website at partscannerguru.com and then just click on the shop tab at the top or near the top and yeah i and i can officially say jay Mm -hmm. i I think i had an extra hat that you know you gave me or i stole or something and uh i gave it to a kid who's a super fan and so yeah yeah really yeah he as soon as the we have a a super fan yeah as soon as uh it's one it's one of uh side shots friends i got and and as soon as the ashtray rental car thing came out he was texting me like all kinds of sarcastic stuff (laughs) and so uh he's like i'm gonna steal my dad's credit card so i can go buy a hat on your website and i i just i just gave him the last one so now i can officially say if you guys want a hat, you have to go buy it because I don't have any more to give away. Ooh. So ooh, there you go. Ooh. And we're going to play around with some of those styles, so keep your eye open. And we know wintertime's coming up, so we'll probably try to uh, throw a few, uh, yeah. maybe some beanies up there for you guys. So keep your eye out for that. I'm a big beanie fan. Um, uh, lids and in, 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 lids in general, I do like them. I've learned um, so much about hats just in in you know this process that we've gone through. And and these are good. These are good quality hats. Like these suckers are are not cheap. And no, you can get cheap hats. And I've got a whole bunch of cheap hats. Uh, These are not. These are good quality hats. Absolutely, absolutely, they are. So um, thank you guys again if you're subscribed. We appreciate it. If 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 you know anybody that's interested in this type of stuff that we talk about, please get them to subscribe. When you're watching any of the video segments from this, um, liking our videos giving us a thumbs up it really really boosts our algorithm and it gets put in front of a lot of other people so the more you like us uh, the more we get seen and the more we get to keep doing these things so thanks very much if you are subscribed and if you're not please make sure you get somebody else too and we'll keep this thing going so let's on, get on to SEMA um, I, I've been running across a few exciting things. I'm trying to stay on top of this, you know, the last few weeks of who's going to be there, what might be coming down the pike. Here's what I do know. Um, I found this this morning. There's going to be two Bronco Raptor builds. Um, they're 2022. Woo-hoo! Yeah. As if there weren't enough uh, Broncos last show, they're still coming. But um, Max Lider Brothers uh, Customs or Max Lider Motors are building these two things and they're going to have one at the vision X booth as well as one at the dynamat booth. And I've reached out to those guys to ask them if they take a minute to talk to us. So we're going to try to bring that to you 
so you can see what one of those uh, Bronco Raptor builds well, Jay, looks like. Like, how will I know to? Where can I find that if I'm interested? Well, doggone, Keith, it's good that you <laughs> asked that question because you can go over to youtube.com forward slash parts counter gurus, or you can go to our website, which is partscountergurus.com, and click on the YouTube icon and get over there to watch yeah, some but of these. If you guys stream now, that, because you can stream some live stuff, right? And I don't want to watch it like a week later, I want to see it like in real time. Now. So, how? So, subscribe. Yeah, oh, subscribe. I see. And then, and then click the bell ah, so you are yeah. notified when these That's things come out. That's what that... Okay, I, I got Whew. it now. Yeah. You know, I don't know what I would do without you, Keith. I really don't, man. We're, <laughs> we're just... Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, no, folks, no, really, seriously, Keith, Keith's absolutely correct. We're just trying to make sure that you guys have a roadmap of how to make sure you don't miss these things. These things are going to be fun. I also know that there is going to be a Jeep EV that will be revealed at the show. We know that there is going to be a Volkswagen uh, press conference that is going to be revealing a couple of uh, their new electric vehicles that will be there. It's kind of funny. You know, we had these conversations in the past about electric vehicles and how do they fit into the SEMA show. Well, it, it's a no-brainer because they still utilize, even though there might not be an intust, in, uh, internal combustion engine in the vehicle, Easy there's a lot of other... Exactly. There's a lot of other components that go on that vehicle that are at the show to be sold, just like it would be on an internal combustion engine uh, vehicle. So um, there might be a little bit of a segment uh, shift, but I still think that you're going to see just ample um, opportunities for you uh, internal combustion engine guys, as well as your electric vehicle guys. Overlanding, we know that uh, Skinny Guy Campers is going to be there. They're going to be new to the show, which they have a neat little package to offer. Uh, we're going to be talking to those guys. We've got a couple of other podcasts lined up, and we're trying to work through a few other ones. So just make sure that you are subscribed so we, we're, get, we're getting that to you firsthand. So, wow, that's exciting, man. I, I, wanna, I just wish we were there for like two weeks instead of just Well, we can do that week. if we go back for CES, which we probably need to True. get reserved soon so that's this is true that's, uh i think that's that's the plan right yeah absolutely hey did i do we do we make this clear to everybody i think you took the final voyage in your thor didn't you oh man not you what you talking about uh <laughs> yeah boy this could yeah to quote well, to quote the great michael scott from the office I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. Uh, <laughs> so if I come out and start talking about it, then potentially it could. It's man. It is so similar to buying or selling a house, right? Mm -hmm. And so you've gone through the home sale process. Uh, yep. It, Many you, of have you have inspectors. You have uh, escrow accounts. You have you know. All these people doing closing, you have closing documents, you have to sign. It's it's a it's an well, ordeal to sell an RV like a like a drivable, you know. Even even though it is an RV, a recreational vehicle, yeah. it is the size they're, of a house. I mean, expensive. it literally is a house. Yes, I mean, they are. You know, this is not the same as a you know, going out and putting an iPhone on a credit card or whatever. No, so a lot goes into it. Um so I'm in the middle of that process now. Uh, it looks to be going through, and it's kind of a bittersweet thing because it's a lot of memories. 
in many ways, the show was produced out of that garage on numerous occasions in the back of the RV. And uh, we've got, this is kind of interesting, you know, don't have a new one on order yet. Had one on order, but then canceled the order because, it, you know, the yeah, it's, it's, you need you all just need to go back and listen to the previous podcast and, you know, I'll, I'll, we take you through all that. But yeah, so episode 130 sitting in my driveway right now being unloaded, getting all of our clothes and, you know, stuff out of it. And yeah, got to wash it yeah. this weekend. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's it. Then that's it. That's it. Say bye bye. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. That's a good, that was a good ride, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll miss it. Uh, yeah. I bet you will, but I'm sure uh, something will come back around for you at some point once you get settled after the dust settles, after this year goes, goes through. I will say this. Um, I would like to, Tell our, our listeners out there, I would hope that in the next year that you and I are getting together for a couple of weeks at a time, traveling in some sort of way to certain events so that we can we can do live stuff together, um, live podcasting more often yeah. uh, than just the, the SEMA show or the PRI show and other events that go around the country instead of just a segment at a certain time of the year. I'd like to get out there and, and just kind of go around the country and go find stuff well, to talk to people about. You and know? we'll I'll pull back the curtain a little bit on some things that Jay and I have been working on. So, you know, part of this is, um, it's a, these are good, I like to call them good problems. We have a lot of people that want to work with us, a lot of people that we want to work with, and we're trying to figure out how to make all that happen or as much of it as we can happen. And some of it is... Uh, very overlanding centric and you know we've got Rothmeyer coming in, coming on board to start and do some some content for us there um but we also are looking at opportunities to go out places and hey man if Winnebago wants to you know set up a something and we can take it out for a couple weeks I'm not gonna say no to that you know or right. I mean I don't I love the skinny guy stuff from what I've seen. We're going to see it in person. Um, I don't have the equipment right now to put that on. Right. And, you know, the thing, if anything, man, the skinny guys, they, um, those guys are, they're, they're involved in just about every they're, overlanding. They're doing the same expo. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They're, they're beating the path just like we're trying to do. And so we're excited for those guys. And like I get, let's say, guys, just stay tuned to us here. Make sure you're subscribed so you can listen to that podcast. Um, and uh, you, there will be a video segment that comes out of that, and you'll see firsthand from SEMA uh, what their product looks like. It's 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 uh, it's unique. It's I don't know that I've seen yeah. anything exactly I'm, like that. I'm pretty excited to get to see it close up. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So um, Jay, I'm look, doing the I'm starting to do the Larry King thing here. I, I've got both elbows on the table and I'm leaning forward. All I need is like suspenders, you know. <laughs> uh, don't dye your hair. Lose dude, about thirty please. pounds and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd get a little. You need to start smoking though. Yeah, you, know, you gotta right? get that. Get, yeah, you know he. Yeah. yeah, he smoking. He didn't get that voice from just. Uh -huh. you know, if I did well. smoke, I'd probably do it in a rental car. Oh, yeah. Which, speaking of, by the way, guys, uh, today's episode 131 is brought to you by ashtrayrental.com. Ashtray Rental Car. AshtrayRentalCar.com. Yep. Um, if you don't know who they are, you can go to that website, www.ashtrayrentalcar.com. Is that what it is? Yep. And um, you'll see. 
it's, uh, it's an interesting company. Um, and you might be able to buy something there if you uh, pay attention long enough. So please do. Um, so Keith. Yeah. Gosh, man, I just really, really wish, you know, there were, there was, you know, we, we're, we're talking about big things happening in the automotive industry, and this is a big one. And I, I, I find it to be more so just because of, of where it's going to be more so than anything. So, um, Honda, uh, has apparently, uh, decided to build a EV battery plant here in the U S and the information that we have says that it's going to be somewhere in Ohio. We don't have the exact location as of yet, but I'd say I told you so. We did, we did, and it's going to be at the cost of around four point four a billion. That is with a B, four point four billion. So, who are they going to partner up with? LG, LGE, LG Energy Solution um, has teamed up with these guys, which they were already teamed up anyway. Which we brought that to LG them is ago. also in partnership, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, Altium with GM. That is correct. There's a lot of moving pieces to this. So the reason um, LG is a desirable partner is because, it, okay, and if I may digress here for just a minute, sure. Jay, look, look, everybody, this is nothing new in the automotive industry. When new technology enters an automobile and these manufacturers start to include that technology, that tech, Mm -hmm. They tend to lean on companies that have gone down that road before. So, for example, you know, um, infotainment systems started showing up in cars Ford, GM, Chrysler, Toyota. All of them partnered with other companies to put that because they're not making radios. Toyota's not making radios, right? They're, they're partnering Correct. with another company to do that. Um, anytime there's a technological advancement and it's something that, I, I, I just can't use the word tech enough here that it's really more technology centric than, let's say, axles or, you know, brakes. Ford's going to lean on, Honda's going to lean on, GM's going to lean on companies that have that experience. And that's why LG keeps getting tapped to be a partner. Absolutely. This is what they do. Um, and, you know, Honda would rather invest their their money mainly into their automotive side or their other ventures like um, their motorcycles and other other things. I mean, they even do generators. You know, they, they're yeah, airplanes, small engines, generators. So yeah, yeah, man. Absolutely. They're all over the place. Um, so they've got a lot of energy and, 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 and financial clout that's going to go in that direction. And partnering up with LG makes sense because this is what LG does. This is there. So, I mean, LG is not going to go out and build a car. They're going to go tap into somebody to help them build that car. And we'll get into somebody who's doing the same thing here momentarily because this is this is why this is important and i think that this is interesting um here's what they say though the construction of the new facility located about 40 miles southwest of columbus and again we don't have the exact location outside of columbus but that's pretty good for that area well the um, good news is uh if those lordstown employees end up without out of work they can just drive right over to the new Honda. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh, are they not already out wow. of work oh my goodness yes okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway um <laughs> they're expected to begin construction in early 2023 followed by mass production of the uh lithium-ion batteries by the end of 2025 um 
they said that the plan is expected to cost $3.5 billion with an overall investment um, by the unnamed joint venture eventually reaching $4.4 billion, the company said. Um, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Um, in addition to the new battery plant, Honda on Tuesday said it plans to invest $700 million to retool several of its existing auto and powertrain plants for production of EVs. The Japanese automaker is expects it expects to begin production and sale uh, sales of EVs in North America in 2026. So wow, th- hmm. that means a year and a half to two years from now, we start seeing prototypes and press releases on those on those Honda slash Honda Sony slash Honda. Honda. That's What's, right. It's and actually it's called Sony Honda. It's called Sony Honda Mobility. Yeah. Um, I, we gotta come up with a better name for it than that. Shonda, I know. Shonda. Ooh, I like that. Sonda. So I gotta say, like uh, the same. How about Honey? <laughs> the same young gentleman that I awarded the hat to. Shoney. Oh no, that's, that's big boys. That's, that's already. That's a yeah. burger joint. The, yeah, yeah. the bear. Would, yeah. yeah. So right. uh, the young man that I awarded a hat to, uh, wise cracked about like, are they gonna run it with like a PlayStation OS or you know what are we talking about here? You know, like, <laughs> it could, yeah. man. You never know. Hey, maybe if you buy one of those new Rolls Royce or Cadillac Celestique, you might have that opportunity to be in there. So um, anyway. Um, this is a big deal for both Honda, LG, Sony, period. Um, Sony, just like LG, is not a car manufacturer, so they have to partner up with someone, and Honda was that, that go-to. Yeah. What, I, what we found interesting about this, um, and they're saying, too, by the way, uh, Honda and Sony did not say where in the U.S., that they would be built based on the information that we could find, but they say it's like we think that it's likely going to be in Ohio as well, which totally makes sense logistically. Right. Um, just like what GM has done with the uh, uh, Ultium battery plants and then what they did with the retooling of the um, Spring Hill plant down in uh, Tennessee makes complete sense logistically, it's cost effective. But the, here's what's interesting though this is like the first time a Japanese manufacturer would build a vehicle in the u.s to export to japan which is which i found very interesting but it makes sense in the long run for all these manufacturers and keith you probably know why um remember what was just passed You've got the the new bills that are passed, the infrastructure bills, and all these things are playing into this. There's incentives to to buy electric vehicles, but also we're kind of technology forward. So this is is a fascinating um, shift for me. So, um, you know, I, I remember in the Back to the Future movie, I think there was a line where they said, like, well, all the best stuff comes from Japan, right? And they were talking about, like, technology, like... Right. Uh, you know, the JVC handheld camcorders and Japan in a lot of ways in the 80s was the pioneer that came out with, uh, you know, the best VHS players, the best CD players, the best what uh, the Walkman. Right. That was all Walkman was Sony. That's all. Oh, yeah. I had a CD. Yeah. Walkman. Um, that has shifted. To where a lot of the development is now happening in the U.S. and the United States has become the leader 
from a technology mm-hmm. i mean think about iphones from a technology perspective all the you know apple watch and so on and you know the one uh, jay and i i don't think the the mics were were rolling when we started talking about this but i am i'm jonesing for a one's one wheel and uh <laughs> one wheel is i think uh it's santa clara is where they're manufactured well the company is based out of uh, Northern California in, in the tech corridor. Uh, a lot of the components, of course, like the batteries and stuff, I think come from China. But that was a company founded in California. And that is a mm. very, like, I just got back from a Disney trip and, you know, uh, reading like the rules, because you can drive golf carts in the uh, campground. Right. And, you know, we're looking through the rules, like, can I ride my Segway? Can I ride, like, do they allow e-bikes? Like, what's the, I saw a guy on a one wheel and he was like, yeah, man, like, uh, and, and so there's these terms. If you go and you read the, the campground policy, mm-hmm. they allow what they call PEVs, which is personal electric vehicles. And it's a That's term nice. I had not heard of before. And that usually covers like your kick scooters and your segways. And, you know, I think, uh, even the one wheel falls in that category. I don't think you can avoid them these days. So we are, I'll, I'll bring this back full circle. We have become kind of a technology forward country uh especially around rechargeable tech and that is why sony said hey we're going to release this in the u.s first as opposed to europe or japan or other parts of asia whatever right they're going to do it here first right well um there's a lot of incentive for them to do that too um for a lot of reasons they get a lot of a lot of breaks uh to build them here um, part of that infrastructure bill encourages the, the sourcing of, of um, product for anything built in the U.S. There's been such a shift. I mean, if, if anything we've learned from COVID is you can't put all of your eggs in one basket. And that's what a lot of these manufacturers did during COVID. Mm-hmm. And we ended up with the shortages. We ended up with a chip shortage. Now we've got this multi-billion dollar, the largest chip plant being built uh, in, in the U.S., um, now we've got these huge uh, LG building a you know a 3.3 billion dollar battery plant. You've got GM that's built the Ultium battery plants. We've got all these investments going into the U.S. so that it's here. And what's going to happen is is you're going to sh- see a shift in export. I think export will go up. Um, import obviously will come down, and that it kind of works that way. It's, mm-hmm. it's just naturally mm-hmm. it works that way. So this is pretty interesting an interesting shift to me to see this. I think it's exciting because it's going to create a ton of jobs for people. I know there's been that fear um, over the last several years and who isn't just pulling their hair out over inflation. Inflation right now is ridiculous. Um, But I think it kind of makes people sit back and and kind of rethink how they're doing things. And that's exactly what you have going on here. Um, And so I'm excited for, for Honda and Sony and LG to be on top of this stuff. Um, and we, as the parts kind of gurus will continue to bring you updates on these stories as they uh, become available. So good luck to Sony, Honda and LG and Ohio. (laughs) Good for you winning the lottery. (laughs) Well, I think everybody, it's good karma. They're just trying to make up for Lordstown. Uh, anyway, now good Lordstown, you know, Sony is not sorry for stumbling around there. Sony is no, not, or Sony Honda, or whatever we're going to end up naming that country. Uh, leave the company. Leave us a comment. L- let us know what you all think there. But 
Um, they're not the only players in the game of late mm. that want to get into energy supply, I guess. I don't, right. I'm not sure exactly what to call this, but it's the production of power power producing components. Right. Um, GM is another one. And GM just announced that they are going to spin off a company. Uh, let's see what I can tell you here. It's going to start off a new business that's going to be energy-centric. They're going to call it GM Energy, because why not, right? Right. Um, and they're going to do stuff, uh, some of it's similar to what Tesla's done. You know, stationary battery packs, solar panels, electric vehicle chargers, energy management products. And Ford, Ford, by the way, has also recently gotten into that sector as well. Well, why and not? It totally right? makes sense. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you sent me a, a thing of a Costco like home EV wall charging unit for your for your mm -hmm. car that you mm -hmm. can buy at Costco now. It makes sense for GM to go. Hey, uh, we need we stand to somebody's. This is the same thing that we said when the state government started to invest in charging station infrastructure. Somebody's right. going to do it. There's money to be made. All of these electric devices have to be recharged somehow. Mm -hmm. So GM says, let's be, let's get there early. Let's right. make the components that help charge these things up and supply power. And also all these grid problems that people keep bringing up. If we offer some storage solutions, you're less impacted when you have a, a power outage for a couple hours. Absolutely. And, you, you know, you've got to, to tell you how how valid of a uh, venture this is for them. When you, you've got PG&E on their side, um, Con Edison, um, there there is a lot of energy companies out there that are on board with this for a lot of reasons because they've got. And, and of course, the technology, the technology is out there for them to make this happen. And I think there's been some little events that have happened that you guys have heard about in the past, like specific storms, like ice storms and winter storms that took the grid out in Texas. And you had a guy with a Ford uh, F-150 hybrid that had the full onboard charging uh, he was, uh, 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 generator system that allowed him to power up his own home. Um, so it's not something that's new really it's just putting it to work for not only the user but as well as helping the grid out so how do you do you know everybody is complaining about there's two things that worry people about evs range is one of them but secondly everybody seems to throw this out well the grid can't handle it well while keith and i don't disagree with that completely um, there's a lot of work to be done in order to, to, to convert over to electric vehicles or to have some sort of population at, at, you know, with the goals at, say, 2030, 2035 to be all electric. Um, that is going to be very taxing on the grid, no doubt about it. But they are thinking outside of the box now, how do we, how do we get there? So the key is to relax the grid a little bit. And with this type of venture and the technology that we have, which is biodirectional chargers that go into these vehicles where not only can you charge the EV, but you can put back into the grid. You can put mm -hmm. it back in. This is very important for the system to work. So this is huge. I, and, I completely love and what we're doing that is here. different than, um, and I've looked into this, 
you know, the traditional standby generator that people have, the big ones that you put outside your home where if you lose power, you know, mm-hmm. it would kick on and you could run it and it would power like things like your air conditioning or your your HVAC system or your, you know, refrigerator. They're big, right? They're big units. Right. But you have to have an anti... I uh, forget the term of it, but basically it's an anti-feedback device that right. blocks power from being sent back up the power line to your neighbor's house and, and the grid, so to speak, mm-hmm. because people could die. If there's an outage, let, let, let's say a line broke, a tree fell on a line, and that guy's working on the line, and he, he you know doesn't expect that it's hot, th- that it has power going through it, and your generator's sending power back up the line. That's mm-hmm. not a good situation, Not not to mention the fact that it could create other electrical problems with other components connected on downstream or upstream but this is a different step in that the grid would potentially accept power back from your stored device and you could potentially get paid for that absolutely um i know of several people in the area here where i live that have recently um gotten incentives to install solar panels Mm -hmm. um, on their private residence and um, what a cost savings for them in the end run with this. Oh, uh, man. Because it, they're able to pay back. I mean, they're, they're actually being bought back. Bought Energy is being purchased from them, um, from the power companies, man. So, and so it's a win-win. I don't know what their mo- monthly bill is, but I know Disney developed a massive solar farm. And it's actually shaped like Mickey's head. In Orlando, you can see it out of the plane when you're like landing at the airport. Um, mm-hmm. It provides enough power to power two theme parks. Good lord, man! Yeah, it's serious. Well, I will tell you this too: in South Carolina, and I know this to be a fact, um, in rural South Carolina, very close to where some mm-hmm. of family of mine are at, there are solar farms like crazy because otherwise. They're not really the the farming industry has kind of shifted from there, mm-hmm. just due to climate changes or just whatever the heck is going on out there with the weather. It's not right, and you know, in certain areas you used to be able to produce really big crops, and, but you can't do it now just because of weather conditions and you know droughts and those sorts of things. So, what do they do? Well, they turn them into solar farms, and um, so more and more of these things are popping up. And what I liked about this was the the approach to um, natural resources to provide that energy, um, such as solar solar yeah. panels, uh, wind, wind, man, wind farms, and any, stuff like that. Anything that makes me less dependent on the man, I'm a huge fan of. You know, absolutely. And I absolutely. Yeah. So, um, wow. So again, you know, this, these are just these are just remarkable shifts that that we are seeing in the industry that doesn't only impact the automotive industry guys it impacts your way of life and i i think that some of this stuff should be embraced um i do realize that some of it's hard to swallow um or you're just not used to seeing these sorts of things but hey guys i'm telling you it's a it's a big deal um so make sure, guys, look, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Make sure you subscribe to our channel. Subscribe to our podcast. Keep listening. Uh, go to parsecountaguru.com. There's a podcast link. There's also a uh, link to our YouTube channel for any of these segments. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the notification bells. Like us and all that stuff so you're kept up to date on all this stuff that we're talking about. 
Phew, man, I tell you, it just, it just, uh, it's like, am I, am I wrong? I, I go to bed tonight. I'll wake up tomorrow morning. There'll be a new technology. That's just kind of how exponentially this sector is growing. It's yeah. just amazing to me. And the willingness to invest into it with some of these companies. And it's, it's like they're putting all on the line to get it done. And I, it's either go big or go home. Yeah. That's it. You got to innovate. You got to change. So speaking of what we were talking about with battery technologies and electricity and that stuff, um, I found this interesting. And I thought that, that we should, you know, since we were talking about it, um, I've, I ran across this where scientists uh, apparently have, have cracked uh, some some the speed of some charging that's going on. Um, <laughs> right, you know, and again, we we mentioned this previously in the previous segment about, um, you know, you know what are what are some of the things that that work against people wanting to go buy a vehicle, an electric vehicle, and range anxiety is is one of those things as well as charging times. Um, charging times, and this is you know, I'm I'm not going to win an argument here because. Everybody on the internal combustion engine side, you're absolutely 100% correct that at this moment, you could win the race at, at refueling and getting on your way, no doubt about it. You can go to a gas station and you can fill up 25 gallons of gas in five minutes and you're on your way again. Whereas the best it, Unless at this you're point, at the, uh, I think it was a pilot <laughs> that I was at on my way. Yeah. It was somewhere in, it was somewhere in Georgia. Yeah. On, on my way to Disney World last week, now I've got an 80 gallon RV tank. Oh, okay? well, yeah. I mean, and that's a different no, story. No, no, no. But this, this pump was like super slow. It was like a gallon every like minute and a half. Ooh. Maybe a, a minute, time, maybe friend. a gallon a minute, yeah. right? Yeah. Slow. Yeah. Wow. And wow. this is the, the best part, right? As if that's not bad enough, the little clicker hold the pump handle thing yeah you had to stand there it was and hold it. broken and i'm like well do i'm trying to figure out like do i have a bungee cord within arm's zip tie. reach of or yeah zip tie right <laughs> zip tie man just a zip tie and a pair of uh side cutters man and that you know but just, yeah in most cases your 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 gasoline refill is going to be is going to be fast. pretty quick pretty quick i mean i think the quickest right now you've got some from some fast charging with tesla um that's what 50, they're getting 15 20 minutes they can get back up to around 70 80 percent mm-hmm. is that right mm-hmm. um and Kia and Hyundai have got some stuff in the works where it's 20 minutes to yeah. get you that same 80 right. percent yep but you know to even the playing field now we've got some scientists that have apparently come up with uh, a design uh, that can allow these uh, batteries to be charged in 10 minutes fully charged up to 80 90 percent they say um and it's it's uh let's see well um, let me give you some examples here this is what it says ford's mustang mach e at a dedicated dc fast charging station ford set ford says it will take 45 minutes to go from 10 up to 80 percent if you're charging at a 240 volt outlet home the full recharge is more likely to exceed 14 hours on a on, a, on that ford um so basically what they've done it's at penn state university um, had a study on this, and they developed an EV battery that can charge up to about 70% capacity in roughly 10 minutes. Um, it can work for any size battery. And the biggest benefit, they says, is that it will enable automakers to sell EVs with smaller batteries without triggering consumers' range anxiety. 
Um, the new tech uh, is all about regulating the temperature, which we all know, we've talked about this in the past, the volatility of certain batteries. I think that solid state is going to be our way out of this. Um, obviously, uh, it's about temperature. And what they're able to do is maintain a specific temperature that will allow that battery to take that charge on. And they do this with um, uh, thin sheets of nickel foil inside the cells. Um, and basically what it does is it maintains that uh, interior temperature of around 176 degrees uh, to absorb the, the electricity more efficiently. And they uh, apparently would keep the volatility down, would not cause fires. So that's a big development. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know who's going to jump into this. They say it also requires fewer raw materials. And everything that they're addressing in this study is all the stuff you hear. Yeah, man, you're ripping the planet apart, man, getting all those raw materials, man. Oh, that battery's going to be $45 million when you replace it. You know, that's some of the stuff that... Right. That we've heard in the past, but I think that those things are going to be addressed, and they have been being addressed. Okay. Um, And we've said many, many times on this very program, by the way, if you're not subscribed, uh, you can find all the podcast links over on our website at partscannerguru.com. There is a podcast tab. And, of course, on the video side, probably the easiest place is youtube.com forward slash partscannergurus. Gurus? Gurus. Gurus. Been a while, and uh, and and you'll you'll find more content just like this. But we've said many many times in in that archived content, this is the first generation of really EV battery power technology, and it's not going to be stagnant. We're not going to be here for much longer. Innovation right. is happening this very moment. Like Jay said, you wake up every day and there's a, a new development. Um, that's that's the case here and that's going to continue you know like it or not the battery pack that powers that tesla model 3 or model s or whatever the ford Mach-E, those are going to be obsolete soon um yeah now yes i was just going to say that you know there are things that are put into place too with some of these manufacturers for example they put limiters speed limiters on some of these vehicles these evs because they want to maximize. It's a proven fact that once, yes, we know EVs are fast, right? They're super fast. I mean, they can go from zero to 60 and some is under three seconds, man. And they can get up to what? Tesla's up to around 200 miles an hour now with one of those. But you can't be doing that all the time. Right, right. Yeah. You get over 125 miles an hour in speed, constant speed. Just watch how quickly your battery drops. Well, and yeah, the load that it, yeah, the, the, consistent load that's being pushed to the motors yeah yeah so So these are some of the things that you got to think about i've got an idea here jay now you know i was doing movie scripts for a while like you know i'd I'd get these like i'm still looking for the uber the uber apocalypse guys now speaking of movie scripts you got to go to uber apocalypse it's on our on our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com forward slash parts counting gurus and make sure you go to Uber Apocalypse. It's, it is a great segment that we did the about Uber Hack video. Hack. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Uber Hack video. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've moved on from big movie scripts. I think television <laughs> is where it's at now. I mean, think about it. You've got all these stars doing like Marvel Studios, Disney TV, you know, the Star Wars. You know, Ewan McGregor came back and did Obi Wan, which was essentially a TV series. Um, everybody's doing it, Jay. All the cool kids are doing it, right? Right, right. So I, I think maybe I do a script for us, and it's a TV pilot, okay? <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. And here's the, here's, the, here's the gist, right? Here's the pitch, okay? 
we're two guys that work in a power conversion um, facility. We'll call it the power changeover garage. You see what I just did there? <laughs> I do, man. I like to see that. All right, guy, your hats will still be valid, people. And and we're gonna just say <laughs> And we're gonna take basically. Um, this first generation technology and we're going to build like if you want to do a sitcom we'll build a sitcom around people bringing in these first generation evs and us implementing having the wherewithal having the facility that you just mentioned that's what triggered this to convert that older power core technology to a newer style a more modern power delivery i mean jay just think about all the spin-off episodes we could have fun with here, right? That's a big one. I'm coming, Eston. I'm I, coming, Eston. I'm just saying, like, I feel like we got a TV show in us at some point. I think so too. I think I think we gotta do it, man. <laughs> I think and I think you are definitely the script writer. You have to it's, it, you're the man. I'm the pitch guy. I, I you know, yeah, you okay. need a team of writers, but I can I can head them in the right direction. Right on. Right on. But what great technology we have! Yeah, here we, we get that. these guys if, as a sponsor that can fruition. do the ten-minute. You know, we convert all these to five to ten-minute charging solutions, right? Absolutely. You know what else is interesting too, and, and we've had we we podcasted about this in the past too, is the induction charging within within the highways. And I'm telling you, that is not something that that to take lightly. I think right. that we're, we are we are very close to seeing that be a realistic way to to keep evs on the road it just totally makes sense now it's figuring out how to pay for the electricity that you use is simple toll roads that's how you do it like we like we don't have enough you know taxes and tolls we're paying now but um that's how you can keep that rolling so so anyway. yeah it's all fun and games though until the alien uh the alien um entities out there basically scan our they scan the universe and they see <laughs> strange power fluctuations coming from our planet and they're curious and it's all these like road grid networks and they're you know and then they come to take it over because you know it's it's more advanced technology than they have even though they have like light faster than light travel and i mean i we think we just got into another movie script there something i don't know anyway yeah <laughs> well here's the thing man all if we have aliens coming back i i i hope it's beldar i mean because i i mean I was the biggest Conehead fan, you yeah. know. And I, I I could I could live with I could live with Beldar, you know. Beldar's a good dude, funny guy, you know, just straightforward. Uh, likes to eat a lot of food. Um, we've noted he's very very uh, very hungry guy. But let's just hope that they're the Coneheads. I'm, right? I'm more of an Alf man myself, but yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I forgot about Alf. <laughs> forgot about that. Here, kitty, kitty. Uh, et, et. Yeah. By the way, forty uh, years. Et. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. They had man. all the Gosh, I, all the merch up at the theme parks. 40th anniversary. Yeah. Well, I'm getting old. I mean, that's like, uh, for example, Cheers, the 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 show Cheers. I think yeah. just celebrated 40 years, right? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Yeah, just insane, man. How old we're getting, man. Uh, speak for myself. Um, so, do we want to talk? We want to talk about some recalls first before we get into sure. these elaborate things or something yeah, man. here. Let's, let's, let's do it. All right. So we. We've got a couple of recalls. Uh, this is our recall segment. Do we have a recall uh, segment? Uh, we kind of need. We need to come up with one. Uh, I don't think I have one yet. I think Boomhauer with the spark plug is. Yeah, we're gonna go with this today. All right. Okay. 
All right, I like that. Yeah. So we got some recalls to talk about, guys, and this is a this is interesting. Um, but in the scheme of things, it's 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 a big deal, but it's not that big of a deal compared to some of the uh, other recalls that we've seen out there. But Rivian uh, has recalled nearly all of its vehicles built to date. Um, and that was, I think that was issued earlier in the month. Um, they say that there's a particular fastener that connects the steering knuckle with the front upper control arm and any separation could cause the wheel to tilt. And uh, that ain't a good thing, guys. Uh, you could lose control of that vehicle and uh, you could wreck. You could crash. A little crashola. So Rivian recalled all of their R1S SUV uh, and R1T pickup trucks, as well as the EDV, which is the delivery van, van that was built for Amazon. Yep. Um, but they're saying that only those vehicles from the 2022 model year. Uh, so, But there's a total of 12,212 vehicles that are affected. Um, the approach that, that Rivian has made here uh, or taken is dealers will inspect the vehicles and tighten the steering knuckle fastener to the correct tolerance. Um, the service will be offered free of charge. Uh, owner notification letters uh, will be expected to be mailed out November 2022 around Thanksgiving. So keep your eye on your mailbox or your emails uh, for uh, this recall to be coming your way. And they also say if you're looking for further information on this recall, you can contact Rivian at uh, 888-748-4261 in the U.S., I think, or maybe that's all over. Um, or you can contact the NHTSA, which is the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, at 888-327-4236. And the recall campaign number on that is 22Victor744000. I feel like I'm, I'm in chips doing a police call out. Okay, before <laughs> right. we move away from this Rivian recall, I just want to mention very quickly, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, we were talking about, I mentioned one wheel. And um, by the way, if you're not listening to this on the podcast side, you can get the full podcast at our website, partscounterguru.com. Click on the podcast tab. Um, I've been listening to a podcast. It's the one that I sent you, uh, The Future is Electric. Mm. And um, the episode that I listened to, they had the guys from One Wheel on. And the founder yeah. of One Wheel said that he was a huge fan of how Rivian handled their recalls. Mm-hmm. Because one wheel, um, so they've had several different models of the one wheel, kind of like Rivian, right? Like you had the R1T and the R1S, right. and um, they've got a one wheel has like a pint and a, it's a smaller one and a pint X now. And then they just came out with the GT, and the GT is their full size shredder, but that replaced, I believe, the XR, which was the previous generation. So they got to a point in this where um, they were. It's kind of like GoPro does it, right? Like it's like we're just gonna slap a couple pieces of new tech on it and call it done, and it'll be the new version. And right. the GT for one wheel was a complete redesign because the technology they were using in previous models they had supply chain issues with. It was obsolete. They just they had to move on and develop something brand new. So they did that. With the, they ran into a couple situations that they had to issue recalls for because the thing was running away from people. Like you jump off oh, it and it would keep going. Just keep going. Wow. And so it had to do with sensors in the front end and all that. And they figured it out and they've recalled it and they, there's a fix for it. It doesn't scare me. Like I'll still own one. Um, right. 
But they talked a lot about how Rivian handled this. And, and specifically, you have to expect, and this is where I'm going with this, in this era, with the drastic change in technology that we are going through, and it doesn't matter if it's GM. GM's had cars catching fire. Ford's had right. their share of issues. None of them are immune. You are making major changes to your automotive platform. There are going to be issues. Uh, and the, the guys from One Wheel were like, man, we tested that thing left and right as much as we could. And then it gets out in the wild. And sure enough, somebody's able to f- figure out a way to make it do things that none of us in testing had ever been able to 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 basically get it to happen. And right. so, so my point is, I think everybody, what you need to focus on, especially with these newer generation EVs, is not necessarily that there's a recall because that's sort of an admission of a problem, but it's how those recalls are handled. Absolutely. And how the comp- does the company do the right thing? How do they handle the recall process? Rivian, on many occasions that we've seen, has, has been, RJ's been a stand-up guy about it the whole time. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's kind of where my head is as I buy right. newer technology vehicles. Right. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree with that. Unlike Ford, of course, who's just kind of drilling drilling holes, holes in it. Drain. And we love Ford, but hey, man, yeah. drilling holes to drain fluids is not a solution. Not focusing on the fluid leak, but right. focusing on how to get it away from the engine so it won't start on fire. So, or how yeah, can we repair this the most cost-effective way? Which is another way of saying the cheapest way to fix it. Absolutely, guys. That recall information will be in our mention on the podcast. Uh, so make sure you go to parsecountyguru.com forward slash podcasts um, and, uh, or just hit the podcast link up at the top left-hand side and click on episode 131 and you will see that recall there. So make sure you pay attention to that if you are affected by that or if you just want to kind of see what's involved there and how they how they do those things. I think it's impressive to see a new company come on board and handle their business like they do. Uh, we're, we're big fans of Rivian's. Um, obviously some of the people in the industry are big fans of them as mm-hmm. well, or else they would not be making overlanding gear for them. Um, so if you don't think that they are a force to be reckoned with, uh, you better change your mind because they are. So just say, all right. So now, sir, that we're on the subject of recalls, um, apparently Hyundai has a big and a real big and man, they got 53,000 vehicles with dual clutch transmissions that are being recalled. Whoa. Um, 2021, 2022 uh, Hyundais uh, that have a defect could cause total loss of motive power. Um, In other words, engagement of the uh, transmission or dual clutch package on these things. Uh, That is the Elantra N, the Kona N, the Santa Cruz, the Santa Fe, the Sonata, and the Veloster N vehicles that are all involved with this. Uh, Hyundai did file a recall uh, with NHTSA. Um, over an issue with a fail-safe malfunction in the uh, transmission oil pump. Uh, Like I said, it recalls uh, 53,142 vehicles, um, and it's a 21 and 2022-year models. Hyundai will inspect and replace the affected transmissions while reprogramming the controlling software. The automaker will begin mailing notification letters uh, to owners by December 5th of 2022. That is this year. Um, Wow. If you do not know what a dual clutch transmission is, we're going to drop a video 
that is probably one of the most thorough videos. It's, it's engineering explained is the, um, is the uh, YouTube channel. Uh, love to watch this guy. He's very informative. He knows what he's talking about. So we'll drop that YouTube video in there just in case you don't know what a dual clutch transmission is. Basically, it's, it is exactly what it says. Instead of a manual transmission, it is dual clutches, which you can have paddle shifting involved. It's still an automatic transmission. There's a lot of things you can do with it. It's how you get there. This is how we're getting from the normal five-speed, six-speed transmissions in a manual transmission up to these 10 speeds that you have in some of these Fords. Um, these are mainly eight-speed transmissions that we're talking about here, I think. Um, but it's, it's just, a, it's, it's going to be a software glitch somewhere as well as a mechanical component failure here. And they will get that fixed. The problem you have with this particular failure is that you too will lose complete drivability here. You cannot, you will not move. So three things to add to that. Number one, on the, on that point of losing complete drivability, Hyundai thinks it's serious enough that they issued a, a stop order to, to, to freeze sales of all those vehicles that are affected. So not all Santa Cruz's or Kona's or, you know, Elantra's are affected. No. But the Hyundai knows which ones they are, and they probably right. know that by what, Jay? Their VIN that, number. Vi that would be vehicle point number two. Right. You need to, if you, if you think your vehicle, if you've got a 21 or 22 Hyundai, it's mm -hmm. one of those vehicles Jay mentioned, and you think you might be impacted, the very first thing you need to do is go get a copy of your VIN. Now right. it's it's in multiple locations on your car. We've done videos on how to locate it. Uh, you probably also got a copy of it on your insurance paperwork or your registration. But it's better to go straight to the source and look at it on the vehicle. Take that information over to, and we'll probably include this link as well. The in HTSA, the National Highway. I I can actually say it better if I don't do, use the letters. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Take it over to their is website. It traffic, is it traffic or transportation? It might be transportation. One of the two. It's still transportation okay. causes traffic. NHTSA traffic it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. You're going right, to take right, it over right, to right. the NHTSA's website. We'll put the link up to that. Not Hyundai's website. You're going to get the recall information from the NHTSA. But an easy way, though, Keith, for them to do that, like you said, with the VIN number, they can call their dealership to see if their yeah, vehicle is affected. Yeah, you can give it to your dealer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they have to, they have to uh, let them know that. Yep. Um, and what we call the vehicle identification number, it is the DNA of the vehicle. That is everything that they need to know about your vehicle will be in that number. There's two locations uh, located on the vehicle itself, and that would be in the uh, uh, underneath the if you're in in the UK, it's the windscreen, um, or here's the windshield in the uh, driver's side. Um, if you look under the, the windshield there, right there at the, where the dash is, it'll be located there. Uh, but an easier place to find it is most likely going to be on the driver's side pillar, the door pillar there. Yeah. Uh, as you get if it's the a vehicle. 21 or a 22, it'll be in both places. If you're talking about be, a yeah. 1960s Corvette, it may not, but right. we're not right. Right. This is, God, it, yeah. you know, what's, you know, what's nice too, man is like, I don't even see technicians go up to. Uh, the 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 wind windshield anymore for those they just go they to the just, door they, they they go to the door and they scan it's got a barcode yeah. there they scan it you know or some sort of QR it gives them everything they need to know about yeah. the vehicle right there it's pretty awesome how technology has advanced that way when it comes to these sorts of things so they can quickly get it handled so make sure you get over there um, like we said to uh, to either uh, NHTSA or either Hyundai and uh, they will help you out and look knowing that Hyundai and Kia are in the same 
or within the same organization, uh, I would expect to see a Kia recall come to because they do use light components uh, and light platforms. So there's no mention of Kia here. Um, That's okay. Would, I'll, I'll keep my finger on Bert. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go. I would say keep keep your eye open for that. And again, December five, you should be um, you should be notified. So that's uh, this is very fresh off the press here, guys. So make sure you if you have one of these, make sure you get it in. So whew, it's it, you know it's nice, man, that we could, we're able to provide this sort of information uh, to our listeners and beyond. You know. I yeah, I mean, you it. can't beat the price, as I always like to say. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you like expensive expensive rides? How expensive do you like? Well, if you're talking to Sideshot, it's you know money is no object, and he yeah. used to go into the uh, the high 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 end luxury car dealers, and that kid at the age of about seven had them all like like he would. Now you got to understand, man. These are usually two hundred thousand and up price tag vehicles and they're letting a seven-year-old like have full run of just crawling in the trunk and the back seat and and i think it's because he was such an automotive fan like he was a fan of the cars at that age and they recognized that and they were like here you go man i'll open it up for you right right you know um oh god man i some of the prices on these things, man. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know that... I mean, you get into the millions. Easy. I, I will never... Well, maybe I will if we keep podcasting yeah. like we're doing, man. We, I may be able to have one of these. But. That uh, power power changeover uh, business... Because, CJ, it's not only... It's kind of a reality show. Like, not only are we filming a TV show, but we're also right. running that business, you know? Think about like Orange County Choppers or whatever, right? Like we actually got a business to run there on the side. I'm just Absolutely. saying. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Not- <laughs> All right, go ahead. I digress. Ooh, man. You know, maybe some of these new vehicles might end up in that. Yeah. And You know, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not just your your GMs and all that stuff that are, that are, that are getting into electric vehicles. I mean, we, we, we've seen, uh, a lot of these supercars. I mean, Lexus is, is going to be rolling one out. Um, and, and, but when it comes to luxury, I mean, when you, when you utter the, the name Rolls Royce, mm-hmm. I mean, you automatically just think just absolute, um, high class beauty and style and just, handmade i mean this is what you expect right um so the rolls royce uh 2024 rolls royce specter ev um breaks ground it says uh as an ev and it heralds a major change for the 116 year old car maker now i have to ask before we go any further Mm -hmm. and you're probably looking at the car and driver article i am Um, did these guys tell the the people in marketing, I guess? I don't know who who comes up with the name of the vehicle. That's guys, yeah. Is that the I mean, marketing team? I'm sure that they do. Yeah. I mean, that's that's Did what they, they do. Did they tell yeah. the rest of the organization that they named this car after the organization that hosted most of the Bond villains from the past 
10 movies, <laughs> right? Spectre? Right. Yeah. I mean, are we... Why not? Are you I mean, kidding this is me? An ab- yeah. No, this is an absolute great play on that. Good catch. And um, wow, mind blown. Can you give me a mind? Is there like you have a mind blown? I don't. Button? But give me what? Give me a woohoo. I I just I just feel like, man. I feel like we're not. There's, ah, oh man. I, I, I. There's so many jobs I want, Jay. You know, I want a beer yeah. neighbor for. I still want that job. You know. Oh, be, I know. Beer I, neighbor. I mean, you know. You'd be a good one at it, I think. Thanks, yeah, buddy. And, really and you know, did. we got the whole power power changeover thing, and you know, mm-hmm. I just have all these ideas. Scriptwriter, you know, but I I feel like you if I'm in the room, you're not gonna slide this by me. Uh, you know, no. I just yeah, I hear you, I hear you. Now, 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 check this out though. Let me see if I can slide some specs by you. Okay. See 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 if that works. All right. Um, Five hundred and seventy-seven horsepower. 664 pound feet of torque. Um, and it says Woo-hoo! that it can, yeah, it says that it can get to uh, 60 miles an hour uh, in 4.4 seconds. Woo-hoo! And the first cars will reach uh, their customers in late 2023. Woo-hoo! So a Rolls Royce electric vehicle mm-hmm. will be available uh, in 2023 to uh, those people who have enough money to buy one. And that replaces the Phantom in their lineup. I Correct. Think. It is the uh, success. So right. exactly uh, what's his name? Justin but, Beaver. Beaver. Bieber? Be- Bieber. 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 Well, yeah. sorry. <laughs> little Freudian slip there. I'll explain that one in a minute. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, apparently has a he'll have to replace his Phantom with one of these. One, one thing that I want to point out before we move on to where we're going with this Um now this is Rolls Royce, and I cannot imagine the price tag of this thing. Uh, I don't see a price tag listed anywhere in this article. Uh, did you find anything? No. Um, I don't think they. Care. It's a Rolls Royce. Why would you care? I mean, but the one thing I'd like to point out here it was a quote here. Okay, this is something that a statement that was made. This is the statement, verbatim: "The electric car is perfectly noiseless and clean." There is no smell or vibration. They should become very useful when fixed charging stations can be arranged. Do you want to know when that was that statement was made? Mm, I'm going to go 10 or 15 years ago. Charles Stewart Rolls in 1900. Wow. Six years before he'd come to launch the gasoline-fired Rolls-Royce motor car, um predicted a future that seems likely at this point. Wow. Here we go. 2030. Wow. 1900. And you know we we've we've gotten into the argument it, it's you know what but what happened what happened in the early 1900s was you know the the mass production Henry Ford mm-hmm. being able to go into production at a rate to put a gasoline powered engine gasoline engine powered vehicle into production to reach the common person, the common worker, um, the everyday person to have a vehicle on the road. Um, that's why we went the way of, uh, gasoline. Um, plus there was a few other incentives <laughs> that I'm sure for the oil companies. Oh uh, yeah. Right. Guys, you know, so, so, anyway. uh, it says they've got over 200, uh, I'm sorry, 2.5 million test miles on this, on this, on the Spectre. 
right? They've been doing it a while. So they've been, yeah. Not, not only did their visionary predict it, a, you know, a century ago. Okay, right. so it's time to digress for a minute as to why I did the Freudian slip earlier. Jay, have you heard of Bucky's? It's a fuel station. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, I have. It's the new thing in Florida, yeah. So uh, they're in Tennessee as well. And they're the, moving up. I yeah. think they're in. They're, they're kind of like the armadillo. Alabama. They're yeah. finally making their right? way out of Florida. Yeah. So these yeah. things are massive. For those of you that haven't um, seen one, it is bigger than any truck stop I've ever seen. They the mm-hmm. number of gas pumps. I, I mean, you're in the uh, probably close to a hundred pumps. At, That's it, insane. I mean, it's crazy, right? Um, they're big, like full on restaurant, like freshly made deli, like there's stores inside. Like you can buy camping gear. It's bigger than some of the, bigger than a Walgreens, bigger than, you know, it's, uh, smaller than a Walmart or a Target, but they're, they're, these, these places are huge, which I have to wonder with the electric vehicle mandates being out there and these places being so, uh, you know, petroleum dependent for business. Uh, what's going to ha- What's what's their long term vision? But I digress. So pull up and pull up in a, a Google tab right now, and this is what I want you to type in. Okay. Bucky's mascot. It's B U C E E S. Bucky's mascot. Okay. And you should see a picture of the little guy there in the yeah. results. He's a yeah, yeah, he's he's a beaver, right? Bucky the beaver, yeah. yeah. I see it. So, you know, we, we stopped for fuel at one of these last week, and I decided uh that I, I've in addition to beer namer, mascot namer apparently is a gift. Uh because I came up with a name for this mascot. I couldn't find the name of the mascot in any of their literature. I looked online, I did this very search. <laughs> okay. I think he should be called Justin. Justin Beaver. There you go. I love it, man. Justin Beaver. Um, all right, folks, you heard it here first. <laughs> Just reach out hey, to us. Buckies, you're welcome. Yeah, Everybody. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you could have him dance it. He could be in movies. I mean, For you could sure, even man. charge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. You could absolutely. You just you just broke ground, man, I think. I think he just broke ground. I really do. But um I broke maybe you should be his yeah. maybe you should be his agent. You know, ah, yeah, since yeah. we got all these, these Bucky great the Beaver, ideas. if uh, you need an agent, Justin, just just hit us up <laughs> over on partscannerguru.com. There's a comments tab. Oh man, I love it so much. Contact I us. Just love yeah. it. Man, we are we are just full of absolute the best information one could offer. I mean, we, we've got it all. Okay, so anyway, on to on to expensive cars. Um, we've talked about the Cadillac Lyric. Uh, it is Cadillac's flagship at this point uh, of their entry into the EV market. Um, it's an awesome-looking vehicle. Uh, it turns heads like crazy. My dad uh, is actually really – he's a my dad loves Cadillacs, and he's, he, he likes the car. Um, we've talked about it. Um, but Cadillac didn't stop there. They are wanting to obviously compete with the Rolls-Royces um, in a customizable – uh, luxury vehicle that will be there will be no two alike they say they will all be hand built they are 3D printing as many as 115 different components on this vehicle 
They are also doing some interesting aluminum casting for the wheels. They're going to have 23-inch wheels on these things. Here's the thing that got my attention mainly, though. Um, yes, they're a hand-built luxury vehicle, and it'll be a low-volume vehicle as well. $300,000. All right, so this is interesting, and I do like the the enthusiasm that, that Mary Barra and team are, are showing on, hey, let's try some new things. Mm-hmm. Um, my gut reaction to this is, with no offense to your dad, because the Cadillac does make a good product, and mm-hmm. their resale, resale values tend to do well over the years. Right. But $300,000 for an automobile made by General Motors. So so let me right. let me put this in perspective, okay? This is space, by the way, that they haven't been in yet. Right. So um, let's say you're going to buy a watch, okay? And you have $10,000 mm-hmm. to spend on a watch. You know what? Let's let's make it fifteen. Let's 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 make this interesting. Okay. 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 You got fifteen k to spend on a watch. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you buy a Rolex or do you buy the latest fancy watch from Timex that has all the Rolex like features and then some for twelve five? Point well taken. If I've got fifteen to spend, you're gonna get a Rolex. I'm gonna get a Rolex or an Omega or Right. 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 Even Why is that? Timex has been around. They make decent oh, watches. They don't make a decent yet $15,000 watch. No. That I know of. You they watch make, aficionados out there might correct me. Right. But if I'm going to spend that kind of money on a watch, I'm, I'm buying more than the components in the watch, right? Right. Right. Okay. I think there's a couple of things that you get from this. For example... Loss of value over time. Mm-hmm. Rolls-Royce versus a Cadillac, loss of value, right. I don't think you're going to have near as much right. in depreciation with that Rolls-Royce as you would with a Cadillac. Likewise, with a Timex over a Rolex. It just doesn't happen. If anything, they increase in value. So there's a lot of factors that, that go into this. I, and I'm with you. They've entered into a space that it's not typically for a Cadillac. Mm-hmm. You know, you leave that to the Rolls Royces, um, and let them hand build those vehicles and 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 get that that type now, of price. I think they can do it. I think they can do it. Yeah. I just don't know that the that the consumers with that kind of money to spend it, even if they're it's every bit as good as the Bentleys of the world. I just right. don't know that you go with the Cadillac version over the Bentley. It has to right. be better for 300K, right? Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, I mean, when I look at some of the technology that's going into this, of course, this is just based on what we're, what we're, you know, have in front of us at the moment, but it says that it comes a 55-inch mega screen with a display for the passenger, rear recliners, and entertainment. It has 38 speakers, Ultra Cruise, which... Yes, it's the next generation of, of um, Super Cruise, basically. Um, GM, they say, is uh, hoping to update Ultra Cruise to enable supervised but hands-free driving door-to-door. How about that? 
Um, lighting is also a focus, they said, and we're just going to segue into our, our next topic of discussion. The LED taillights have their lighting elements pushed right out to the surface, giving them depth far beyond a standard reflector setup. The front headlights are also 1.3 megapixel projectors, uh, capable, uh, projectors that are capable of um, just, wow, sequences. Man, really, do we need that? The roof is pushing the limits, they say. Um, it's an all-glass uh, roof that has uh, four electrochromatic dimming zones uh, within embedded LEDs. Uh, at its darkest, it has a 20% tint. That's just about a standard moonroof, basically. Uh, the chief, chief engineer says that uh, it will block out about 80% of the sun's thermal energy. Um, and then... Let's see, they've got new GenTherm Climate Sense four-zone climate control system that it will keep the car properly cool on a hot day, but given that Cadillac uh, has decided to include neck warmers, holy cow, who's driving this thing? Right. Neck warmers, okay, yeah. It's hard to imagine the company skimping on the AC. I like that. Now, they're saying this thing, uh, Cadillac says the first customer, uh, Celestique, will be produced in December of 2023 with sales to follow thereafter. Production will be limited to roughly two per day. Think about that, two yeah, per day. Right, yeah. Now, is that two business days or two? Are they running 24 Oh, I would seven? bet if it's General Motors, they run 24-7. Now, here's the key. How can they do this? Here's well, how they can do it. I mean, it. You, the RV industry hand builds a lot of stuff. Well, you know? no, but this thing, how can they get 300000 for it? It's going to be sold in China, the Middle East, uh, Canada, and the U.S. Um, but they're saying... GM is going out on a limb here, or excuse me, Cadillac is going out on a limb here and saying that they expect U.S. Uh, sales to dominate the total production. We okay. shall see. I, we shall see. Good luck to them. I think they're fishing. I think this is kind of oh, throwing a bunch are. of stuff on the wall to see what sticks, right? I think it is one of those things where if you're Cadillac, you have to because you've completely gone away from what you've been doing, which mm-hmm. you, you had luxury performance vehicles. Now you're going into the VIP world right which is usually there for your bugattis and those types of manufacturers right um so there you go that's that's my point on that it'll be interesting to see and and we'll we'll bring you back to speed on this here in like hey you know what we may see this at sema we may see some sort of prototype yeah we might Uh, i I want to know how many oil barons are going to buy these over their uh you know their Bentleys or whatever. I, actually, I just came up with a good uh, avatar name. If you're if you're looking for a new like Baron von Cadillac, there you go. Right? I don't know, man. Right. I'm in the zone today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know what? It's an expensive car, right? But can you imagine the components having to replace the damn things, man? You know, like taillights, for example. Yeah. Um, well, Baron von Cadillac doesn't care. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He does not. But would Baron von Cadillac buy a Hummer? Well, I bet he would to match that Cadillac. That's his. That's that's his utility that's vehicle his utility for, for hauling groceries exactly. home from the you know at the ranch, right? Right. right. <laughs> so so speaking of yeah that sort of stuff, um, Keith and I ran across these and we find this and I I was like like how can that possibly be? But they are saying that on the GMC Hummer. And also on this uh, uh, Cadillac Celestique, that the taillights alone 
in these things could exceed $6,000 to replace. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I People are freaking out over that uh, because the Hummer in particular um, has has come to light as that being a, an actual truth. Um, and, you know, Jay and I were talking about this the other day, and I said, yeah, I mean, with all the tech that they're putting in those taillight uh, assemblies, I mean, these things are doing things when the vehicle is turned off. There, it's not just stoplights and turn signals, right? right. It's doing right. all kinds of cool stuff. the The LED emitters change color. So, the old way was you basically have two or three different colored bulbs, right? Like mm-hmm. you may have a a red bulb or a clear bulb with a red lens. Or you may have two red bulbs and the second one kicks on when you step on the brakes and then you might have a yellow bulb that's your turn signal. Now it's all the same LED strip. It's just changing colors as needed or the transitional thing like Ford's been doing for a while in their Mustang where when you put the signal on it, it actually moves in uh, right. succession out. It's the electronics. Yeah. It's the electronics that are involved that that does all these things. Yeah, there's control boards on each one of those components. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, you're essentially bolting on a an OLED TV or an LCD TV, and they might have the, cameras in them if you you know yeah. all because of all that uh, see through uh, the right. trailer towing thing that GM does. Like, there's just so much tech in these there parts. Is. It's just amazing. So the, these are some of the things that, that you need to pay attention to and be very mindful of when you're buying these vehicles. And the other side to this is, this is why I wanted to talk about this today, is that I use a an online software, um, which is called All Data, All Data Pro, which most people in the service industry do use. Mm-hmm. Um and what you get with that is you get service information, you know, book time, how to, you know, diagrams of how to replace things, how to do it, the all the procedures to, to, to perform a specific task on a vehicle to replace something like a tail lamp or, uh, you know, or a headlamp mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but I have gotten onto all data. This is where they got you right now. There is no information on electric vehicles out there right now. On how to do things. That'll change, yeah. though, right? I mean, well, I think that with the right to repair act that's out there, I think that you have you have yeah. to allow people to do that. But I'm telling you guys that there's going to be certain. This is not your average, you know. Pull a few torque screws out. Pull the lens off. Pull the bulb out. Put a bulb in. Put the lens back on, and you're done. This is not how it's going to work because you're dealing with technology mm-hmm. within that component. Which, like you said, you got several boards across there. Uh, chips, sensors, potentially cameras, which most likely there are. But you have also super, super thick glass that's on this stuff that is like the um, gorilla glass that's like used on your cell phones. Right. Stuff like that. So they can handle a lot of abuse, but um, they can't handle a guy running into your the rear end of the vehicle so, and, and taking it out. You yeah, know? so I have... Um, Interestingly enough, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw back to that same podcast that I was listening to that I talked about earlier with the guys from One Wheel. Um, before I get to that, Jay, I think I think Baron von Cadillac might be our arch nemesis. <laughs> so maybe you know in the um, in the uh, the power changeover garage sitcom business that we're talking about starting. Baron von Cadillac's salvage emporium is down the street, right? 
and he's our he's kind of Pull the apart. Newman or the Spectre, if you will. He's our he's our he's our villain, right? He's the guy we love right. to hate, and he's always pulling stuff. And I and I and I feel like maybe he drives one of these, you know, high end Cadillacs or whatever. I <laughs> right, I just man. I see this unfolding throughout this episode. Okay, so in the in the podcast episode that I was listening to that fe- uh, featured an interview with the guys from One Wheel, they talked a little bit about even the right to repair is doesn't apply to personal electric vehicles and scooters. It's the automotive industry. They said, you know, so the question came up. It's like, so let's say I live in Australia and I buy one of these, you know, one wheels Mm -hmm. and they're expensive. You know, they're over a thousand dollars. And what happens if it breaks? I have to send that thing that weighs 20 or 30 pounds internationally back. It's got lithium batteries in it, which creates a whole other. You're not supposed to put those on a plane. So you got to ship it back, literally ship it back. Right. And and it, it gets interesting, right? How to deal with that. And and the one wheel guy said, you know, we are looking into ways to send out parts for repair that are consumer fix it yourself type kits. But the problem that we have is you have so much technology, you have sensors everywhere, you have yes. cameras everywhere, you have all this cool accelerometer stuff that your phones do, right? When you tilt it and it does cool things and you play games and you tilt it a certain angle and it's like driving and steering wheel. Like that's all in segways and all this stuff has those elements in it now. But the problem is it's not just like replacing a traditional headlight where you just maybe pop the trunk and you get in there and you take a few screws loose and you pull the whole assembly out. Right. It's got collision avoidance sensors, backup sensors, radar, sonar, cameras. And if you don't know what you're doing and you're not a trained technician, you're going to really bork something up, right? And so, absolutely. you know, the right to repair, I mean, in a lot of ways, they probably haven't quite yet figured out the repair process on some of this stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with that. I mean, but that's why if you look at the dealership models, how they're changing because of that. Because the manufacturer needs to have a lot of control over the the service side yes. of those vehicles, and they do not trust a non. You you need to be a a full on GM or yeah. Chevrolet or whatever that you know. I'll, yeah, I'll give you an it's example. It's not a dealership. So, you know, It'll I took a, I took my Ford in for service on a, an issue with the door not opening, like the latch. There was a mechanism inside the door that was broken. And I just yeah. took it into the Ford dealer and, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I was like, this is going to be a really time consuming fix and I'm just not going to do it myself. But it's also something that I really want Ford parts in and I want the Ford people to do it. I I usually use specialized mechanic like I have a Lexus Toyota guy that I'll take it to that he's not the Lexus dealer. He's, you know, a third party and he does a great but he specializes. Great in yeah. Lexus. yeah. But in yeah. this case, I just I wanted to go to Ford. So I take it in there and, you know, they I just basically they just assigned it to the next guy, the mechanic that could just pop the door, up, pull the all data info, probably right on how to remove yep. the door panel and get the yep. get at the part. But one of the things that I talked about with the guys at that dealership was how specialized they're becoming. So they're having to as mandated by the manufacturers, they've got to have a guy that just does nothing but lighting assemblies for these vehicles. Right. Sure. Because they're going to be yeah. in collisions. And they have to have a guy that can do headlights. Right. And those and that'll headlights be part of their collision department. Front yeah. sensing, you know, collision detecting and, right. and cameras and all that. Our our good friend, uh, Ken, uh, you've heard us talk yeah. about uh, Brooklyn Ken. 
uh, been a dear friend of mine for a long time. Um, he's in the service industry and worked with, uh, some companies, you know, providing alignment racks and, you know, just any equipment in the service centers, right? Right. Including body shops, collision centers. Well, he he was tasked with trying to get these guys to realize with eight with you know with the onslaught of ADAS or ADOS, which is the you know all these lidar radar all these right. pieces that now go in a vehicle, you have to have a special piece of equipment in house in order to perform those to be licensed to work on those things, and the problem that most of these service centers that have they don't have room for the size of these pieces of equipment. So they're having to physically knock out walls or add on. Right. It's big have, gear. Right. It's, it's, and here's the thing. You can't turn away from the people who do not have that type of technology on their vehicle. So you've got independent collision centers also that are having to accommodate the new technology while still accommodating the old technology. The legacy stuff. Yep. Absolutely. So we're we're in a transition period with all of this stuff right now. And, you know, Keith really shed some light on this whenever I brought this up because I was the first one saying 6000 bucks for taillight, you know, assembly. I'm not surprised really? at all. Yeah. And he said, yes, exactly right. what you said to me. And I'm like, well, let me hey, look man. into this. Let's see what. Yeah. I'm married to someone with the nickname Mailbox Mary. Okay. <laughs> I know what it costs to replace oh, man. the front light assembly on an older 2000, I think it's a 17 or an 18 Lexus. She does, not listen to the she does not listen to the podcast. She does not listen to the podcast. Probably not. Yeah, Probably not. I don't know, man. Um, I see some bad times in your future, man. You got to be so careful. I think I'm she's telling you, it's not that people are freaking out over that. They're like, "What six grand for a taillight? Yeah, man, that's a hundred thousand dollar plus automobile. It starts at a hundred thousand dollars. Right, right. If you're gonna get in the pool, make sure yep. you have your swimming yep. swimming gear on, man. Or your pooping Just pants. Saying. Whatever. Or your pooping <laughs> pants, exactly. And don't poop in the pool. Don't poop in it. Look out for baby Ruth. Anyway, so there you have it, guys. There you have it, guys. Um, just be prepared when you're when you're dealing with some of these higher end EVs. What you're getting into, right? Um, it, it's it's you know. So a couple of things there. Technology um, is not as commonplace as it will be in five, ten years. Same thing that we've said about the battery technology, first gen stuff. Make sure that you do your homework on it because. I, I personally would wait maybe two second generation, third generation in before I'm going to buy a legend vehicle. You know, I think these people that are that are providing the feedback of, oh, wait, six grand for a Hummer EV taillight are actually making the point for me that I tried to make in our previous segment about the Cadillac, right. about the $300,000 Cadillac. Yeah. So is your issue that it's a $6,000 part or is your issue that it's a $6,000 part on a GM product? Ah, yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because you wouldn't you wouldn't sneeze at it if it were a Rolls Royce. If if that was on a Porsche or yeah. Yeah. Uh, pick pick something else, a Jaguar, a BMW. Jag, let's just BMW. go, let's go $70,000, $80,000 BMW. Yeah, yeah. You Eight see series, six grand yeah. to replace like that rear quarter that you're probably going to go, yeah, okay, that sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, it's in your yeah. If you're if you're in the house, then you're in the house. Period. But I think it's because this is a General Motors made product. People are yeah. having aneurysms. And again, it's it's like Genesis moving away from Hyundai, right? And have their own because that's what they are. They want to be a VIP type car, and that's exactly why 
Cadillac is has separated themselves from GM. But they this is a Hummer under the General Motors. What maybe there's your argument that did it make sense for them to produce a Hummer at a one hundred thousand dollar plus price tag? Or would it have been better to just make it a Cadillac branded product? This is true. They could have called that the new Escalade. Ooh. E too. There's an E in it. See, I've already done the marketing yeah. for you. The Escalade. Yeah. The Escalade. The Escalade. Escalade. Yeah. E. Anyway, there you have it, guys. Just make sure you know what you're getting into when you buy an electric vehicle, especially one that costs that much. Um, you're probably not going to stop paying there. So stay tuned to us and we'll keep you up to date on all that stuff. So. All right, we've got one last topic, and we'll go very quickly with this. Um, I wanted to bring this one up. It's the Ford Maverick, right? We've talked about it over and over again. Um, you know, why they're selling out. The current generation, the, the small current truck. generation. Yeah, the Ford truck. Not yeah, my grandmother's four-door yellow. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. Right. To the point to where they've sold out, they've stopped taking orders on it because they can't keep, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can't. They can't make them fast enough. Um, well, it seems like there are people that have ordered their Mavericks that still haven't gotten their Mavericks, but yet they're showing up in mass quantities on U-Haul lots. You can physically rent a Ford Maverick um, at a U-Haul dealership. Um, so U-Haul has. Uh, g- they've gotten them in. They say that was in Florida. Um, According to the company's website, you can book one right now, and this is U-Haul, in Miami for $19.95 a day plus fees. Um, and there's people still out there waiting on these things. They haven't gotten their own. Now, wildly popular. This was on our last podcast. We talked about the Ford Maverick. Why is it wildly par- uh, you know, popular? Because it's, you, can, you can get it into places. It's better on gas than a large full-size vehicle. It's... All you need to move stuff. You don't necessarily need a big monstrosity. Yeah, not everybody's like towing horse trailers, right? I mean, exactly. You're a painter, you're a carpet layer, you're a flooring guy, you're a. uh, Help me out here, Jay. You're a mobile. Pest control. You're an on site. Yeah, sure. You go, you pest inspection, whatever. You're a home inspector, you're a RV repair guy. Yeah. You. Maybe don't need a three-quarter ton pickup or even a half ton, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that U-Haul was very smart here looking at this going, oh, hey, wait a minute. You know, this sector's pretty cool. Yeah. We can we can kind of reduce our cost a little bit by investing into these smaller pickup trucks rather right. than these super large pickup trucks. Um, and they're still charging basically the same daily rate as a full size, yeah. is what I'm understanding. So it's 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 not a bad decision on their behalf. Right. Here's the key to this oh, thing. I've rented, wa- we've rented trucks before with rental instead of cars. I mean, that's right. not, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've done it. So here's 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 what I suggest for you people who are out there waiting on your Maverick to be delivered, and you've yet to really even test drive one. Go out and rent a U-Haul for a day. Go yeah, get an extended not test a bad ride. idea. And and look, as far as, as to why U-Haul got theirs before some people that have them on order... Mm-hmm. It's pretty clear to me that Ford prioritized production of certain models of that Maverick. So, absolutely, you know, I don't know without seeing the data, like the people that are waiting on the Mavericks that they've already pre-ordered or ordered, you know, are those specialized in any way? Uh, What package does it come with? Because I can bet you that the ones that U-Haul has are the 
base model package, if you will. It probably base model uh, with air conditioning, and, and Ford, probably some of them yep. without air conditioning. And Ford knew, and usually those are the most profitable. Well, no, actually, mm-hmm. not always. Sometimes the higher end models are more profitable, but Ford right. knew. Uh, that they were going to have to prioritize some models, some versions of that Maverick over others because they couldn't make them all at once and they chose right. to prioritize the, the lower-end models, right? That, that's, we said yeah. it. We said it right here on this show, Keith, that this vehicle is perfect for fleets. Um, yeah. And I knew, I knew that this would happen. And then lo and behold, here you have U-Haul buying up a bunch of them. Just like back I in the say, day. I told you so. There you go. But just like we said with, you know, the Chevy S10 was one of those fleet vehicles. The Ford Ranger was one of those fleet vehicles for, you know, metropolitan, uh, yeah. uh, you know, metro, you know, like Nashville, uh, Metro Nashville probably use it for meter readers, you know, you know electric right. companies, whatever. Um, and they all get incentives on reduced emissions because they're smaller vehicles. They get better gas mileage, all of those things. And I will guarantee you that some of these things for power companies and, and um, uh, natural gas companies guarantee you that some of these will be on the road. They'll be compressed natural gas vehicles. Um, you've already got a hybrid version of these things uh, that's available. Of course, that's the one with the uh, the oil leak that you have to drill right. holes in the <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. And, and to, to let the oil yeah. out. So make sure you go to uh, our last episode if you want to hear us talk about that. So but anyway, so anyway, congrats to U-Haul on getting their uh, their their Maverick order. Um, sorry for you guys who haven't gotten yours yet, but I would say uh, just hang in there. Um, I think it's a pretty cool vehicle. We did a piece from SEMA last year on those Mavericks and they're pretty awesome, uh, little trucks for what they are. Um, and they're actually a lot bigger than they appear, uh, in a picture when you're up close and personal with these things. So when you agree, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Stuff. I, I bet we'll see some more guarantee, especially if Tucci's there, Tucci hot yeah. rods, man, got to give those guys a plug. They were at SEMA last year. They were so kind to give us an interview. So, um, so yeah. So wow, folks, um, been a great show. Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you if you uh, stumbled on us and you decided to go ahead and subscribe. Um, make sure you go ahead and flip on over to the, our YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com forward slash parts counter gurus, uh, and uh, hit that subscribe button there and hit the notification bell. And here's why you want to hit that. Make sure you hit the like buttons as well. You want to make sure you're in tune with us for the SEMA show, which is upcoming next. Yeah, so we're going to be, the next time you hear us, guys, We'll be uh, we'll be uh, neck deep in SEMA, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who knows what we're gonna get into? I mean, we know some of what we're gonna get into. Pretty exciting. Oh, you, you guys better stay tuned. So follow us over on Facebook.com forward slash Parts County Gurus. Follow us over on Instagram.com forward slash The Parts County Gurus, and follow us on Twitter, which is at The Counter Show. All of our socials, we're going to be very active. Yeah, and I think we're going to have the ability to stream over on the Facebook side if you would uh, prefer that as well. Yep. Um, Facebook's an odd animal. It doesn't really do anything for us in terms of a business um, other than the eyeballs that we get on our posts, but though that doesn't pay the light bill. Uh, and I don't think Facebook has really figured out what they want to be when they grow up either. But them and and then of course Instagram is in in yeah in, you know with you know owned by Facebook that, that's and, a whole other podcast so to speak. Um, the only acronym that comes to my mind for Facebook and Instagram is P I T A. Oh yeah, I got that one. You, you guys yeah. can Google that if you uh, aren't sure. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, stay tuned, guys, for, for us upcoming shows. It's coming soon. We'll be out there. This is episode 131, so it's going to be 132 through whatever. Yeah. Uh, we're excited to bring that to you, so make sure you subscribe again. And thanks for thanks for being with us today. So you want to take us out, pal? All right, everybody. Thank you, as Jay said, as always, for making us a part of your lives. Uh, from my pal Jay over there, I'm Keith. Remember, the more you weigh, the harder you are to kidnap. <laughs> See you guys on the next one. <laughs>